Today on Crossfire Faith and Gaming, disappointing gaming experiences and how they've affected us and, you know, maybe some advice. We'll get back to you after the introduction with a really fun episode. Welcome to Crossfire Faith and Gaming. I am one of your co-hosts, Reverend David Petty. My other co-host, Russ Dornish, is not here tonight, but we do have our constant and frequent special guest, uh, Brian, who's with us. Brian, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. It's great to be back. Excellent. So as promised, we do have a wonderful episode full of disappointing game fun facts and stories and everything else. Um, but Brian, why don't you just start us off with kind of, how are we going to talk about these disappointing games? This is going to be, uh, all at once. Are we going to talk about like, like, I don't know, just tell, tell me how we're doing this. Yeah. So I, I think first we should like, I think we, we put together a list of like the different categories of gaming disappointments. So I think maybe we'll start by going through some of those. And then I think you and I just are going to bounce some stories back and forth uh, of personal times that we've had that uh, <laughs> that were difficult. Sure. So why don't I go ahead and get started? I'll go through some of the categories, and then we'll get we'll jump into stories. Sounds great. All right. So categories of disappointment. Uh, so some of these are like technical glitches. So that'd be where, you know. There's a bug or glitch that prevents you from doing something in the game, maybe prevents you from completing it. Uh, then there's gaming hardware. So those are like hardware failures for various reasons. It might be the Red Ring of Death, things like that. Uh, then we've got expectations versus reality. So this is where, you know, you expect the hype, the hype is really high on a game and you're just really excited about it and it disappoints because it turns out just not to be very good. Uh, we've got microtransactions and loot boxes. So just like a game that was ruined by its, uh, you know, the way that it works financially and it's like loading you with a bunch of uh, uh, nag stuff to uh, try and get you to pay money. Uh, gaming community. So things like uh, toxicity and trolling. Um, and I think, I think those are the major categories we have. Where do you want to start, David? Let's start with technical glitches. Cause I feel like, you know, for most of us, at least that are a little bit older, we all at least remember the very basic technical glitch of blowing on the Nintendo cartridge. Like that was the easiest fix and it was the most common glitch that many of us experienced. But, uh, why don't you dive into some of yours and we'll bounce back and forth uh, what are some of your biggest technical glitches that you've ever experienced? Yeah, so I have. I've, I definitely ran into a really good one. Uh, this goes a ways back, but NBA Live '95. Uh, my brother and one of his friends and I were playing uh, this game in uh, in our basement. Uh, again, long time ago, we were kids. Um, his friend, like, drove in, took a shot in the lane, and 
the the game goes three, and then the guy got fouled as well. So so like this play happens where like the guy's really close to the basket. The game calls it a three, gives him three points. Like I end up losing the game because of this. <laughs> the game totally messes up. Weird glitch. Um, one of the weirdest things I've seen happen in a game for sure. You know, that, that actually reminds me, um, of some recent MLB, the show. I can't remember the specific situation. Um, but whatever it was that was happening, it was like the game thought, I think there were two runners on the same base and I was trying to like tag one of them. And, you know, in that instance, both people cannot be safe on the base, but the game just didn't yeah. know how to handle it. And so it like let them both be safe on that base. Um, right. But yeah. Stuff like that, where it's just, it's like a bug where the game doesn't know how to play the game, especially a game about a game. Uh, just really weird and frustrating for something like that. Yeah. Have you ever had somebody use some of these games, like especially NES era games uh, have well-known bugs like exploits built kind of, mm. you know, built into them. I can think of, there's a couple of like family guy videos of the, uh, I think it's double dribble where you make a three every single time from a certain place. Um, there's another one in tech mobile, I think where your guy like runs too fast to be caught. I know personally, I ran into one in John Elway's quarterback, where if you ran a certain play and threw it to a certain guy, he was so insanely fast you could just run out the clock by just the guys could never catch you because you were literally three times as fast as them. <laughs> well, I remember it's never fun when somebody knows about those and uses them against you. Yeah, for me it was always the uh, Nintendo Entertainment Systems baseball game where if you uh, bunted and then did a full swing after you had already shown bunt, like half the time you could get a home run. For some reason that was a weird <laughs> thing in the game that you could like show bunt and then swing and home run quite wild. Uh, yeah. I want to bring up one of my technical uh, failures that was just, it was more of a frustration. Uh, if you remember the old game Mist, there was a sequel to Mist entitled Riven and it was a five CD game. And so you had to switch between CDs. There were five islands you traversed throughout the game. And every time you went from Island to Island, you would put in the CD for that particular Island. Well, there was one particular island that that CD had gotten scratched, and we're pretty sure that the place of the scratch was exactly the animation it would load when you would go from island three to island four, not from five to four, but when you go from three to four, that animation would load and it would crash the game. And so we could never get to that section of that island, thus we could never finish the game. So it, it actually became oh, a game-breaking thing for us. Uh, and I, I think many years later, one of my sisters finally finished the game. Uh, but that was a tough one for us, the, the tiny scratch on the disc. And again, it was back in the day where I couldn't go on YouTube, I couldn't watch it, I couldn't, you know, it was just, well, I guess I'll never figure out the ending to Ribbon. Oh, man. That, that definitely happens. I, I can think of other games where... Um, you know, I never saw the game, the end of the game. And this, I guess, brings up, I don't know if we elucidated this category, but difficulty is another one where the mm. game is just really hard and you just as a player get stuck. Um, but I ran into this uh, in, you know, infamously in Battletoads. I think a lot of people have run into this one 
not a glitch, just the game was too hard. You get to the speeder bike level, it's like the third stage, and I think, you know, I don't know if I just wasn't fast enough or, or whatever, or just like wasn't good enough at memorizing uh, the sequence of where the blocks were going to come in. But man, a friend and I played that uh, for like hours and hours one day trying to beat it and <laughs> finally gave up. And I was like, yeah, I'm just never going to play this game again. <laughs> for me, that was uh, level three of Cupheads. I uh, just, <laughs> you know, just got to three out yeah. of the 50 bosses and said, I can't, I can't get past this. You know, another one for me uh, is the technical limitations of the hardware. Um, So I, growing up, was always a PC gamer. And of course, the nice thing about PC is that you can change your settings. And so, you know, if the game requires too much, you just dumb down the settings a little bit and say, well, okay, well, I'll play this game on low quality settings or I'll play this game on, Mm. you know, lower graphics. Uh, For me, that was Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 that I had on my old PC And I just had to lower the graphics down slow enough that I could actually play the game. But the weird way that it actually interacted was that the game appeared like four times slower than real time. And so, you know, it was still doing the animation of Tony Hawk skating, but one game second took four real seconds. So I remember a time when my sister came in and said, Hey, are you done playing on the computer? Cause I really want to play on the computer. And I said, well, look, I've only got four minutes left in the game. She comes back 15 minutes later. And I said, well, look, I've only got 30 seconds left in the game because these seconds are ticking off. You know, meanwhile, my guy's going, you know, kickflip. It was like just extremely slow. So that was a, a, you know, for me, I actually still really enjoyed it, but I wish it was faster. Uh, it was a wonderful mm. thing when they finally came out with the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 Plus 2, and I could actually go play that whole game at real speed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you have any, any hardware limitations or hardware issues? I can think of one. Uh, well, I can think of one hardware issue specifically. This was a human-caused hardware issue. <laughs> Again, this is a my brother and I playing in the basement uh, one, but this one was later on. We were playing N64. I think I was probably in college. I was probably home like during the summer. And my brother was kind of known for getting angry at games. (laughs) And at some point, I don't remember what game we were playing, but he got so angry, he throws the controller and it hit just perfect so that the analog stick on the N64 controller just pushed through the back oh no (laughs) and uh and i was like well i don't know maybe i can fix it so i actually was able to fix it but then the analog stick was super wobbly (laughs) all the time so that was the stick that uh that no one wanted to use yeah luckily we had like a couple extra controllers but (laughs) that was a rather infamous one sorry my to my brother for throwing you under the bus but i had to tell that story (laughs) yeah let's see what else uh oh i guess another technical one for me very similar to uh the tony hawk pro skater was grand theft auto 4 Uh, i played grand theft auto san andreas actually finished the whole game even though it was a really long game 
Uh, I think it was post-college, but before I got into working. And so every day I was just applying for hundreds of jobs. And then when I was done applying for hundreds of jobs, I went and played a lot of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Um, but then I picked up GTA 4, all excited for it because it was new. It had better graphics. And the driving was so slow and so simulational instead of arcade-like. And so it just, it just was not fun. So I think I played maybe the first 30 minutes of that game. And then I just gave up because it was, it was too slow. Didn't mm. feel like I could even get into the story because it was, you know, having issues. Now, what about games where the expectations, you know, the, the game didn't live up to expectations. Mm. You have some of those. I mean, lots of those. <laughs> mm. Um, I mean, I think the first one is probably one that I never actually played. Um, because I knew that the game didn't live up to expectations. So in 2017, which I think was the first year that they let E3 become a public event, uh, I got to go to E3 and, you know, I toured E3 and I, and I went and saw all the things and I got to have the fallout 76 experience going into a vault, uh, which they had set up in the E3 hall as kind of a. Uh, escape room. And so you go in with a dozen other people and you're trying to solve the puzzles. And at the end of it, you know, I got the Nuka Cola, which I think is uh, actually still right over here. Let me grab it. But you've got the Nuka Cola, Nuka Cola Quantum, right? So I've got a Nuka Cola that I picked up at E3. I still have it. Definitely not ever planning on drinking this thing because it's old. But, you know, it's a Jones Cola. Pretty cool. So you get a Nuka Cola, you get a, a um, Pit Boy mask. So super cool. I was so totally jazzed for Fallout 76. I loved Fallout 3. I loved Fallout 4. Fallout 76 releases and the reviews hit and it is just disappointing. There's no story. They change the whole game mode. It goes from being a narrative single player story game to being a post-apocalyptic um, survival game where you're destroying each other's bases and building nukes and you know, and I, I guess it's still sort of fun for people that like playing that genre of game, but I was just so disappointed that they didn't just give us another good story, um, that I never picked it up even when it became free to play. I never tried it. So that was huge for me. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you might have seen the best part of Fallout 76. <laughs> the marketing. Which right? was which was that Country E3 roads. presentation with the vault. <laughs> Take me home. And, and and yes, the trailer with uh, Country Roads playing in the background was was probably one of the best parts. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of an all-time trailer, actually. It's very good. Uh for me, uh the, the game that immediately came to mind was one that actually I was super hyped about and it just never came out. It's Starcraft ghost. I was oh, okay. like super excited about this game and like blizzard, like was a, like up to that point was like a home run every time they had shown the game a couple of times. Um, and it looked like it was getting pretty complete and then just, that was it. It just never came out. <laughs> Which Blizzard actually later on kind of became known for a little bit, but at up to that point had, had not really happened too much. So that, that was definitely super disappointing. <laughs> yeah, and I guess in that vein for me, the the Blizzard game that I wish came out um, 
you know, was leading into the release of Overwatch. Um, before that, Blizzard really hadn't released any new IP in like a decade. Uh, and so they were talking about, and there was some, some rumbling about this Project Titan that they were working on. There was going to be kind of this space genre, uh, you know, massive multiplayer. You know, they were building this huge world. And of course, Blizzard, known for doing things really well. And then they just scrapped it and said, well, we've got this other thing we, you know, we put together. It's some of what we were working on, maybe. And, uh, you know, so whatever Project Titan was, I was looking forward to it. Yeah. Yep. So the next thing on my list is, you know, one of the categories was like microtransactions, loot boxes, that kind of thing. Oh, can we, um, can we, I have yeah. one that I wanted to, uh, an honorable mention here is every game that never released on Stadia because Stadia, Ooh. which was supposed to be this big new, I was very invested in Stadia for those of you that follow the podcast supposed to be this wonderful big new thing. And they had a lot of ideas for games that were going to be uh, first party games that were Stadia exclusives that really made use of that modular um, console hardware in the cloud model. And they had actually opened their own Stadia studio studio that was led by Jade Raymond and was going to be great. And then they, you know, I don't know if it was pandemic or pre pandemic, uh, you know, Whatever happened, Stadia and all of its potential future games went away. So that was huge disappointment for me. But sorry, go on to microtransactions. Yeah, so I, I guess I'll jump over to microtransactions and loot boxes. And I've had a bunch of like mobile games. I mean, I think, you know, there's very few like good non microtransaction mobile games anymore. I mean, I think maybe Apple Arcade has, has fixed this a little bit, but man, there was a time, there was just a period of time there where just like a lot of promising games that was like, oh, this sounds cool. And then you actually play them and you're like, no, it just, you know, you immediately like within, you know, a few <laughs> minutes you get locked behind the microtransaction thing and you're stuck mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, you can wait four hours or you can <laughs> buy this thing. And it's like, no, I think I'll uninstall. <laughs> That's the other option. Yeah, and I, I do think Apple Arcade helped with that a little bit because most of the Apple Arcade games we noticed were, uh, we had a few months where we subscribed to it. And, and for the most part, yeah, it was like, here's a game that normally would cost five bucks, but if you pay the five bucks a month, you get the full access to the game and you just play it. Like, that's it. You know, so games like Alpha Putt or Sneaky Sasquatch or whatever the other games are on there. Um, so yeah, definitely those, those mobile games, um, you know, and I would even say beyond the microtransactions, the ads, you ever play a game where it's like, you know, every time you die, you have to watch a 30 second ad and you die often. <laughs> so it's like, well, there goes 10 minutes of my life every half an hour playing this mobile game. So, yeah. Or what about the game that has like JavaScript ads in it and like the JavaScript ad developer has figured out a way to like take up more of the screen or like basically it almost makes the game unplayable. Mm. Yeah. That's always fun. So what about, um, let's see here. 
Well, I guess really quick, if I could jump back into some disappointing games that were hyped and uh, but never came out. The other one for me was Spore. I forgot to mention that one. Mm. Um, Spore was very exciting, much in the same way that No Man's Sky had a lot of promises of like procedurally generated worlds and unlimited combinations. And when it came out, it was like, cool. You know, I can, I can make a lion with duck feet and, and you made a giraffe with a whale tail. That's neat. <laughs> um, it was not nearly as exciting as they had hyped it, but uh, you know, especially mm-hmm. coming out of, cause that was one of the things like last things out of like Maxis, I think before Maxis, became just kind of absorbed by EA. Um, at least I think that's true. I could be completely wrong, but I think that's true. So what other categories do you have for us? Yeah. I mean, I, I think in terms of, in terms of Spore, you know, I think, uh, you know, we had Will Wright, the kind of leader mm-hmm. of that project, you know, definitely overhype. The guy I can think of that, that was like always guilty of that was Peter Molyneux. <laughs> Like he overhyped every single game that he made. Uh, oh man, remember the uh, the the cute the like cube clicking game? <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. There was I like don't, a I don't. supposed to be a prize at the middle. Like whoever whoever clicked the last click would like win a prize to like I think design games or something. It was just like anyway, totally <laughs> totally uh, the king of overhyping. Peter Molyneux. Um, so I did, I did get yeah, up here and the, the correction on my previous statement is that Spore came right before SimCity reboot in 2013, uh, which mm. was also equally disappointing. And then they closed the studio and laid off a bunch of people. So, uh, yeah, it was the first straw of the two that broke the camel's back. Yeah, that, Oh, so hey, for Phil. those of you, Hey, we are uh, actually in the middle of recording the podcast right now. So welcome, Brian, to the podcast, because we didn't figure oh, okay. anybody else was jumping on. But I have a curious question now, since you're here, if you're willing to stay just for a minute and be on the podcast, do you have any stories <laughs> of the most disappointing experience you've ever had with a game that would be podcast oh. appropriate? Um, I'd have to think about that for a minute. Okay. We'll give you a minute to think about it while David and I continue. <laughs> yeah, if you don't mind, we just have a few more of these to get through. Um, we're talking about yep. games that are disappointing. And uh, I think, Brian, were you going to talk about your uh, your game you never finished? Did you want to talk about that one? Yeah, I might, as well, that? I might as well bring that one up. Yeah, Civilization 1, the, ver- the very first Civilization I had. Uh, I, I, I built my first PC ages and ages ago played civ one on it got right it turns out that you know my disappointment comes in later because i i had gotten to the point where the game had gotten kind of boring and like it was getting too easy and so i eventually just gave up but it turns out like if i had just stuck with it probably i don't know a dozen more turns i would have won the game (laughs) because i would have like built the arcology and launched it into space or whatever it is that there's an ending that's like, I was, you know, inches away from, and I came to the realization later that, Oh man, if I had just stuck with it, just a few more turns, I probably would have just beat that game and seen the ending. 
so that one was pretty hilarious. Uh, the other one that I wanted to bring up was games where kind of the the disappointment is built in. Um, okay. So there's an old game called Black Nova Traders. This was an early online game. Um, and the way that this game worked was you would you had a little spaceship and you could go around to various sectors and you would trade goods. You would like pick up stuff at one place, you'd buy stuff, and then you would take it to another uh, you know, you take it to another node, another space station or whatever, and you would sell it because like it was more valuable there. And so you could like figure out these kind of trade routes of like, oh, first I go here and then I go there. And there was this this treadmill of like getting better ships and getting bigger ships. But the thing is, it was an online game and there was no way to turn it off because it was running on the server. So there were sort of pseudo safe sectors, but like at some point you would, you know, run out of fuel or whatever, run low or, or run low on time and you would end up leaving your ship in a place where it could be destroyed. And inevitably it would get destroyed and you would just like lose so much progress, you know, and you would end up almost back at square one. The cruelty of this game was like built in from the, from the get go. And at some point I was just like, you know what? This game's not worth it. So Brian, have you, have you thought of anything? I know we kind of super put Um, you on the spot here. (laughs) Oh yeah. You know, I, well, you know, besides cyberpunk, which I, I, still need to go back to after you know they've improved the game sure um you know which was probably also disappointing because it was the only game i was looking forward to uh you know at the time uh i might have to go back to like some old nest days and like you know there's the ghostbusters game you know that (laughs) was not a really enjoyable experience or there was the uh uh, I, for my birthday one year, I got a console port of Guerrilla War, which was, a, you know, I, I enjoyed, you know, it, in the arcade, but it did not work as well, uh, you know, uh, on the console. And, well, and then I also, like, beat it, you know, that night. You know, the one game I got for my birthday back then. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, the, yeah, a category we didn't we didn't elucidate the this game is too short category. It didn't use enough of my time. Sure, <laughs> I know that was a major complaint people had about Firewatch. Um, was mm. you know it's kind of a four hour game, and they were charging twenty thirty bucks for this four hour game, to which I would say you know well you're going to spend twenty dollars if you're going to go to see four hours worth of movie, uh, but. It was a tough game. It was a tough sell for people that you should spend that kind of money on a short game. You know, that's kind of like the you know argument of, you know, you'll spend how much for a gallon of gas, but you know, how much will you spend for a gallon of milk? Right. Or how much, how much money, I think we've talked about this before. How much money will you spend trying to go out of your way to save a dollar on a gallon of gas? Well, it's, a, you, it's a weird, the, the rule of thumb I've heard. And you know, I guess this doesn't quite apply anymore. Uh, you know, but uh, back in the day, uh, it was if you spend more than ten minutes trying to save a dime on a gallon of gas, then you're working for less than minimum wage. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, good. Oh, but the seas are calling me back. So, alrighty, well, have fun out there pirating. Hi. Safe, right. uh, safe travels. 
Safe voyages. That's yes. Catch voyages is a better word. Catch you later. Well, that was neat for Brian to stop in. You know, we're here on our Monday night fellowship. Uh, we just decided to record this while having the Monday night fellowship. Cause it's getting late. Nobody's on. And, uh, you know, just get some special guests to pop in, whether they know it or not. Um, that's right. Special guest appearance. That's right. That's right. Should we wrap up with our last few? I know we've got some yeah, good ones think, that we've been saying. I think saving. I've got probably uh, two. Uh, let me let me give one medium one, which is uh, a game that I love that I hated in the moment, uh, which was Rocket League. There was one time I was very close to the end of the season. I had the you know battle pass or rocket pass or whatever it's called. And I had gotten every single achievement that there was to get, except for the last one, which was to get uh, like 50 or some ridiculous number. It was like 25 VIP um, or MVP, sorry, 25 MVP awards, uh, which of course then you have to be playing at least duos. You have to be on the team that wins and be the best of the team that wins. And the balancing system means that you're constantly getting knocked back down and then maybe you get a couple and you get knocked back down. And so I think I was up that night until like five o'clock in the morning. It was, you know, middle summer break. I had nothing going on the next day, but I was up till five o'clock in the morning. And I remember just being so angry at this game because it wouldn't give me this achievement. And I remember thinking, why am I playing this? I'm having a horrible time. I hate what I'm doing right now, but I really want to get that achievement. And I remember at the end of that, I finally got it. And I just said, I'm done with the rocket league. And I put it away for six months. This was just so, so upset at the game for putting that kind of wall in front of me. Do you have anything like that or, or anything else? That's a special, uh, special mention before we get to our final two big ones. Um, yeah, I just, I just have one more left. So okay. if you've got multiples, why don't you go first? Okay. Well, I've got, I've got two. The first one I will tell you is, uh, technically back in the technical failures, uh, but it's a good story, so I saved it for last. And that is King's Quest V, uh, in which if you shake your wand at something, it says, Graham gives the wand a good shake, but it only fizzles and dies. And I remember that phrase coming back over and over and over again. But we played through, my sister Heather and I played through most of this game, got all the way to like the, the last probably 15 minutes of the game. You're definitely in some sort of end game scenario. Uh, you're like up against some final wizard or something. And at that moment you go to give the wand a shake and then you get a crash notice and then the game crashed and we reloaded it and it crashed and we reloaded it and it crashed. And we uninstalled it and reinstalled it and played through the whole thing again. And it crashed. It was just some bug in the version that we had that was installed off of whatever floppy disks or CDs that we'd gotten it off of. And we never finished the game. So then 25 years later, my sister sends me a YouTube video and says, if you ever wanted to know how that game ends, here's how the game ends. <laughs> it's like, it was just, it was such a disappointment in its time that uh, could not finish the game because of a technical issue. So what's, what's yours? Oh man, that leads right into mine. <laughs> I saved cause this was the first one I thought of when you brought up this topic and it's really similar. Uh, I was playing through Crimson Skies on the original Xbox, um, and I had gotten a disc from, I think it was a GameStop disc, right? I'd, I'd bought it, used it, GameStop. 
and it had a few scratches on it, but the game worked fine. And so I played through, you know, cruising through all the levels, having a great time. I get right to the end, right? There's the giant, there's like a giant blimp thing at the end. Sorry, spoilers, I guess. But um, there's like this huge, huge, massive blimp that you're fighting against because this is a, a dog fighting game where it's set in an alternate like 1930s where, you know, there's these giant blimps that rule the skies. Uh, zeppelins, so to speak. And so I'm fighting this thing. I'm getting right towards the end. I blow it up. It launches the final cutscene. It can't play the final cutscene. No. Yeah. Then I played through the level again. It happened again. The scratch that was on the there was a scratch on the disc that was so bad it could never play the final (laughs) cutscene. So I never saw the ending. I literally finished the game and couldn't see how it ended. Oh, what what a disappointment! And again, in the day before YouTube, it's you know you can't just say yeah you know let me watch the final cutscene because that's all I missed. Goodness. Oh man, the worst. Uh, well, I, I don't know that that leads in at all, but it's certainly back to an old game. Uh, and this is probably my single biggest gaming disappointment. Uh, and I think it's probably such a big disappointment because it was both a personal disappointment and a family disappointment. This is back in the early days of AOL uh, internet where you got the free AOL, you know, free 512 hours of AOL by CD, uh, you know, if you sign up today. And so we had AOL dial-up internet, and I remember that through the AOL platform, you could download downloadable games, right? And this was you know, a wild and crazy idea back then, because most games came on a floppy disk, um, but you could download games. And my dad was looking through the games, and he found this game, and, and it was sounded interesting. It was you know realistic, big guns, 16-inch guns. Uh, battleship warfare, you know, some something in it, and it claimed realistic battleship sounds and, you know, play as a naval warfare, I don't know, whatever. And so it was like 40 megabytes, which back in the day was huge. And so he had to leave the phone cord strewn across the living room connected to our modem on the computer overnight to download this game. The next morning I woke up, it was like a Saturday morning. I was all excited, like a, like a kid on Christmas to find out how this game was. And it was basically point and click whack-a-mole. And so, you know, you, you see the ship here and there's these, these two guns that like move back and forth and on the screen would appear an enemy warship and you move your cursor and you go click. And then the warship goes, And then another ship would appear and you move your cursor and you click and it goes and that's the whole game. I played for about 15 minutes and it was like, yeah, I think I'm done. I'm going to go back to playing, you know, commander keen or word rescue or something like that. It was, it was like, um, thanks dad. You know, and here my dad's going like, you know, I downloaded this thing all night. I thought it was going to be great. And it's just, it's just sad. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's my story about the big gun 16 inch game. I tried to look it up to see if I could find a, a, um, a screenshot or something, but I can't find it. So just have to live no, on in my memory. Cool. That's an absolute classic story. Well, oh. 
let me just wrap up by saying, uh, you know, life can be hard. Life can be disappointing, but at least in the middle of all of it, hopefully we're playing some games and having a good time. Uh, if you feel like life is disappointing or you need a community you can chat with or talk to, uh, we're here for you at Crossfire Faith and Gaming. We've got a Discord channel that we're on every Monday night at 8.30 Mountain Time. Uh, we've got a Facebook community. We've got, uh, we're posting things all the time to TikTok and Twitter and I guess X now, whatever that's called, uh, to f- social media platforms uh, and the like. So we just would love it if you came by and checked in. We'd also love to hear from you if you've got a favorite uh, disappointing game story. And maybe we'll do a follow-up on this episode and feature some of our listener disappointing game stories in the future. As always, we want to send out a huge thanks to Lonnie, one of our Patreon supporters, and encourage if you would like to support us on Patreon that you can head over to uh, patreon.com slash church for gamers and we are there. You can support us and the work that we do and support the podcast because we like making content uh, for you guys and we want you to enjoy it as well. So, uh, Brian, any closing thoughts on our Disappointing Games podcast? No, the only thing I can really think of is, uh, you know, we we had camp a while back and we did talk about, you know, one of our days was everyone struggles. It's true. And yeah. Uh, you know, we, we talked about the, uh, not only do we all have our own struggles, you know, Jesus had his struggles. So it's not just us, it's everyone. And again, as David mentioned, you know, we've got a great community out there for you too. So if you want to join and talk about your gaming disappointments or, hey, your real life disappointments were there for you. Yeah. And, uh, my mini five second sermon is just to remind you that, uh, you know, that Jesus, who is God incarnate, uh, knows the struggles of life, right? Lived them, walked them, uh, was beaten, was spit upon, was crucified, understands our struggles. And so we can bring our struggles to Christ. We can lay them down before him and we don't have to do it alone. So whatever's going on, uh, we're here for you. God is there for you and we'll be praying for you. So uh, with that, have a wonderful week. We look forward to hearing letting you hear us. Yeah. We're not going to hear you unless you join us on discord, but uh, we're looking forward to you hearing us in the future and connecting on more podcasts. So uh, that's it for tonight and we will catch you later.